Welcome to Daily Daf Different, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello, welcome to the Daily Daft Differently. Uh, my name is Rabbi Joel Levy, and we are learning Masechet uh, Megillah, page 11, Daf Yud Aleph. We now found ourselves in some real parshanut, some extensive parshanut uh, commentary on the uh, uh, Megillat Estel. And we're get, beginning at the very beginning with the uh, first verse of the Megillah, and an analysis even of the very first word. The Megillah begins Vayehi b'yamei achashverosh Hu achashverosh ha-melech mehodu v'adkush Sheva v'esrim u'mea medina And now it, behold, Vayehi, it came to pass in the days of achashverosh This is achashverosh who reigned from Hodu as far as Kush 127 provinces And the Midrash that we're going to look at which is on Yud Aleph Amud Aleph eleven uh, um, Amud Aleph um, is uh, starts with an analysis of the first the very first word Vayhi and it came to pass and it was the argument between the different rabbis that we're about to uh, uncover um, is an argument about how to frame the story of the Megillah where. Are we holding? Where are we standing? What's the framework within which we should understand the beginning of this story? In some ancient cultures, history was recorded through annals, through lists of events that took place, which are simply long, extensive lists without uh, uh, assigning meaning or beginning or end to any of the, uh, the acts. Um, but when we tell a story in a historical context, when a historian tells a story, and Kalva Chomer, when a religious book tells a story, it's not simply a question of recording uh, raw facts that took place in some chronological order, but rather it's about assigning meaning to certain acts. So the question that the rabbis are about to ask, um, where was I holding or from within what kind of headspace, what was the meaning of the beginning of Megillat Esther, is a serious question. What should we be thinking? How should we understand the beginning of the story? So the first voice that appears in the Gemara, Vayhi b'yamei achashverosh, is the voice of Rav. And Rav says, Vayhi should be read as, Voy vahi, something like oy vay, woe and more woe, woe and mourning. He quotes from uh, towards the end of the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28 in the series of uh, appalling potential curses that will befall the Jewish people um, should they not obey the will of God. And towards the end of those curses is a, a promise that... Um, 
the Lord shall bring you back into Egypt with ships by the road of which I spoke to you. Uh, you shall see it no more again, and there shall you be sold to your enemies for bondsmen and bondswomen, and no one is even going to buy you. According to this reading of Rav, the beginning word of the Megillah should be read in the context of God's threat of total rejection and the total downtrodden nature of the Jewish people in diaspora should they fail to keep the will of God. That's the context. Um, the theological meaning of this story um, is that uh, everything that happens is based on God's rejection and curse to the Jewish people. Shmuel responds to that and says, that's not right. Quoting from the book of Leviticus, chapter 26, verse 44, he says, For all that, even when uh, the Jews have failed and been uh, thrust amongst their enemies, for all that, I will not, even once they are amongst their enemies, cast them away, nor will I abhor them to destroy them utterly and to break my covenant with them, for I am the Lord their God. Shmuel, according to the Midrash that follows on immediately from Shmuel's uh, quotation, not clear whether it's uh, Shmuel himself or the or the Midrash, uh, I didn't uh, completely despise them in the days of the Greeks, and I didn't spurn them, to destroy them, to cast aside my covenant, with them be a Romaim in the days of the Romans, Ki Ani Adonai Lehem, for I am the Lord their God, be a Gog or Magog in the days of the Messiah. No, says Shmuel, that's not right. You shouldn't read the beginning of the story as Oiva Voi. Um, the verse um, which you need to think about when you're entering the uh, story of Megillat Esther is a verse which speaks of God's enduring protection, the promise of continued existence in diaspora. Um, the experience of Galut in Megillat Esther is not one of total devastation, it's not utter rejection, it's not completely demeaning, it's simply a hiatus before redemption. And that's how we should enter the story of Megillat Esther and understand it as uh, a story of holding on in diaspora, but with the promise of ultimate redemption. Um, the Gemara then quotes from uh, a uh, Tanitic source, which seems to confirm something similar to that Midrashic reading of Lo Ma'astim Velog Altim Lechalotam with a, an ever so slightly different twist. Loma astim biyame kastim. I haven't, I haven't cast them away, spurned them. Biyame kastim, in the days of the kastim, shehemadi lehem Daniel, Hanania, Mishael, Vazaria. Because I have set up for you leadership in the figure of Daniel, Hanania, Mishael, and Azaria. Vloga altim biyame yavanim. I didn't completely reject you in the days of the Greeks. Shehemadi lehem Shimon atzadik v'chashmonai uvanav. So uh, even at the times of the Greeks, I set up for you these wonderful leaders, Shimon HaTzadik and the Chashmonaim Matatiyahu. Uh, 
lechalotam to destroy them completely. Haman, you weren't going to be destroyed then. Mordechai Esther, because I allowed for the uh, setting up of Mordechai and Esther lechafer briti itam parsim to overturn my covenant with you in the days of the Persians. Shemati lehem shel beit rebi vechochmei dorot. Because in those days, in the days of the Parsiim, I allowed for the creation of the house of Rebbe and the uh, and the rabbis. According to this slightly different midrash, um, we should view um, the uh, continued promise of divine care and attention in embodied in the figures of Jewish leaders of character. When we read the story of Megillat Esther, we are reading the story of the leadership of the Jewish people who are themselves the guarantors of Jewish survival. If you want to know how God acts in history, then you should just look at the people who have managed to arise in each generation to ensure that the Jewish people survive from generation to generation. And that itself is proof that the Jewish people have not been entirely rejected by God. And that's the starting point within which you should uh, understand the very beginning, the opening words of Megillat Esther. Rabbi Levi has a slightly different take on how to begin the story. This is a quotation from Bamidbar 33.55. If you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those whom you allow to remain, of them shall be as thorns in your eyes and as stings in your sides and shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. We should view this story as the direct consequences of a failure to uh, brutally wipe out the uh, the Amalekites um, and uh, the uh, tale of the Megillah should be read as a kind of natural consequence of Jewish failures to brutalize their enemies at other times in Jewish history. The Talmud offers us multiple different attempts to understand the meaning of the story of the Megillat Esther based on the very beginning of the tale. Um, when I give theological meaning to something, that doesn't mean that it's true. It just means that that's the theological meaning that I'm giving to it. We shouldn't assume that because I theologize a story and try and find meaning of it in it, that the meaning I give is the only possible meaning that could, could have been read into that story. The Talmud offers us multiple different attempts to understand the theology underpinning Megillat Esther and allows for the possibility of those multiple meanings to reside together on the page. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.